Welcome to Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann, the show that brings you thoughtful perspective through the lens of Christ. Join us every Saturday morning at 1130 a.m. on The Bridge Austin Radio, broadcasting on both 1120 a.m. and 101.1 f.m. Whether you're on the go, hitting the gym, or simply relaxing with your favorite beverage, Triumphant Victorious Reminders will empower you to live in Christ with heavenly wit. Teresa Ann reminds us that true perspective isn't just about being positioned correctly, it's about being positioned in Christ, who is the ultimate perspective. So tune in and let your friends know to join us as we journey towards seeing mission fields in the midst of battlefields. This is Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann, and we're excited to have you with us. Well, kind supporters and friends, thank you so much for joining me, your host, Teresa Ann, with Triumphant Victorious Reminders. This podcast is for people of all ages who want to see God in the everyday as he is the greatest gift on the daily. Yes, and I I also want to make sure you know I am not just doing this for you. I'm doing this for myself as well to be reminded on this podcast of God's goodness and how he can be tangibly seen, listen, through us when we are thankful. Not just thankful for what we have, but for who God is. This is going to be exemplified through our lives on the daily. Being grateful to learn that when we learn from God, when we're grateful, is when this working out happens of knowing, wow, he is the one that completes us. This work that he has completed within us is what gets to be expressed outwardly now in our lives. In him, this is where we learn more of our identity in Christ, in Christ alone. It's not about the old nature and how we identify with past hurts or family hurts and triumphs. It's learning that we have a new identity We are a new creation, but it's not just for the sole purpose of saying that we're a new creation. It is so that others are wooed to the father. This is what I pray you go away with every time you listen to this podcast, that you're pointed to the father. So as you begin to get to know who I am and who I love to point to, That in this identity with Christ, you'll get to know me as one who loves to author books, podcast, and doodle as the Holy Spirit ministers to me through his life-giving word. Now, this is what I'm learning. I'm learning from God and his word to unlearn all the things that I thought were wisdom when really they were foolish. Now, here's what I love about the word of God is we can learn about the characters of God, which is amazing, but really the true reason why we get into the word is to let the characters and the stories point us to the character of God. And in that is when we become encouraged to delight in him yet again. So here's, here's where it's at. The awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit that is within us, which that alone, that thought alone should just wreck us, right? That by default, we'll begin to live a life with God's heavenly wit. What does that look like? 
Heavenly Wit is how I like to sum it up as seeing mission fields in the midst of the battlefields. So before I go any further into today's episode, I just want to say, Father, in Jesus' name, this is yours. Let every word that is spoken minister to the hearts of those who need to hear your voice, not my voice, but your voice. And anything that I say that is not of you, just thank you, Lord, that it falls on deaf ears in Jesus' name. But thank you that your spirit, your life-giving spirit would woo others to you, Lord God, as you disciple them to yourself. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So this week, let's talk about how God is revealed with salvation. So I really want to go deep today because, again, you know, this is triumphant, victorious reminders. So it's in the reminding of the triumphant victory of not just something that's great, a great news thing. It's it's knowing that the great news is who Christ is, okay? So let's just get to that point to understand when you hear the word salvation, what comes to mind? For some, you may think of an altar call at church. You may think of a salvation prayer. Some of you may think of an encounter with God. Some of you may be thinking salvation is who Jesus is. Maybe perhaps you think of church. You might, some of you might even be thinking of vacation Bible school or Awanas. If you were raised in a Baptist home, you know what Awanas are. (laughs) Or maybe you just think of salvation as a Christian word that is commonly said. Maybe it's a Christianese word. But what I want this to do as it did for me, especially today, is I want this word to incite on wonder. Like, does that word, when you hear it, does it incite on wonder? Or does it just seem something ordinary? Maybe overused, mundane, not a big deal. Okay, yeah, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for you, raised from the dead, blah, blah, blah. Or is it a word that brings you so much joy knowing that joy is who Jesus is? Now, some of you may not even even be wanting to know what salvation is, and you're still on this episode right now going, what the heck is this lady talking about? And I get that because listen, I'm not a scholar. I am not a theologian. I'm definitely not. I don't have a college degree, but one thing I can tell you is that I have gotten to a place where I've learned of the kindness and mercy of God. This mercy that it doesn't, cause you to feel shame. And that's the result of humility. It's really just knowing that, oh my God, his mercy causes this humility to never, ever want to do this life without him. You know, they say um, that the fear of the Lord is not being terrified of God. The fear of the Lord 
is being terrified to do life without God for one moment of your life. And that's where I want to be every single day. So, so let's just set the foundation here. Salvation is an extravagant gift. Okay. But it reveals the character of God much more than the rescue itself. It shows the mercy and power and compassion that is so violent. If you don't, if you don't believe me, look at the cross of Calvary. His love, his mercy, his compassion is violent. That he would send his own son, Jesus, who Jesus became a willing, a willing sacrifice, not for us, but for his father. He did it as unto the father. Like, I really want us to part there. Like, think about that salvation. It's not just about this one time moment where we said a prayer and we said, okay, yay, I'm, I'm rescued by Jesus. And now I can just keep doing what I've always done. But knowing I have some insurance now. Oh, man. This salvation from Jesus is this assurance that you get to know him more and more every single moment of the day that when you get into the word of God, it doesn't, it's not just something you read and it's not just something you study. It's something that transforms you into a new person, not just a better version of yourself, but into the likeness of Christ. Like what? So, as I ponder with wonder that word salvation, I would like to share a small glimpse of how I'm beginning to see salvation from the beginning of the Bible to the end. It's the revelation of God seen through Jesus expressed so gently and yet so powerfully by the Holy Spirit. So think of it like this. Salvation is that incredible lens seen through Jesus that causes us to meet our rescuing God face to face. The Holy Spirit ministers to us the scriptures to point to the holiness and wondrous character of God. Just getting to lean into that alone gets us off ourselves. It incites delight and this beholding of God. To where now what you thought you wanted in life, you just now want him in a way that everything else seems to, seems to be a distraction of delight. Yet when you delight in him, you hold everything in your life as a gift and yet hold it loosely, knowing that he is the greatest gift. Everything that seemed to be a making or breaking in your life, it gets put in a proper perspective to now where it's just not even a blip on the radar in your desire. Delight causes your own desires to be exchanged with his. Let me go to Psalm 37 verse four. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So a lot of us, especially myself, we look at that scripture as a, okay, if you do this, you'll get that. It was, it was transactional. It wasn't relational. So I would, 
say to myself, okay, Teresa, if you delight in God, then this is what will take place. You'll get everything that you ever wanted. But truly what happens when you delight in God, all the desires you had that were of your own heart, they fall away. And now your desires are exchanged with his. That's what delight does. That's what beholding does. That's what awe and wonder does. Is it's not any more out of a place of this grueling grit, effort, striving. But it's from this place of on wonder to where everything is from the place of overflow. There's no mustering or unctioning. It's this, I can't help it. It's just coming out of me because the goodness of God, I can't help but just keep looking at him and beholding him and thinking of him. And oh my God, after all he's done for me, what can, what can I do to express my thankfulness to you, Lord? When you get hit with that trial and this trial and that trial, it isn't that you're learning about who God is only because of the trial. It's because you were steadfast in those moments of knowing who he was when it was easy to get to know him. So that when the hard times come, you get to see, oh, that's what you meant by who you were when I studied you when everything was going great. That's what this is about. It is, you know, I I think of it like this. Salvation in Christ helps us to see suffering, not from a place of dread any longer, but now from a place of rejoicing. Like for me to even say that out loud is like so contrary to what my flesh would say. Like, oh my God, suffering is the worst thing in the world. And it is in the carnal mind. But when you think of it from the place of Christ and in him, suffering is where we find out where resurrection is. Suffering is where we find out where from death comes life in Christ. From the place of suffering is when we find out the more we get squeezed and the more all those impurities come out of us because of the fire of adversity, we get to know the fire of God's all-consuming love. How would we know the refuge of who God is if we didn't need to run to the refuge because of a circumstance would cause a thing to say, you need to run for your life? You wouldn't need to know him as refuge if things were hunky-dory and everything was going great. But here's, here's where we have to be careful. Where suffering doesn't get the narrative. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. Salvation causes you to see the suffering as a place where the joy of who God is permeates your life. See, the true narrative in suffering is not suffering itself. It's knowing that in the presence of God, there's joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. Like, whoa. The joy of the Lord. It is who he is. We keep trying to choose joy 
when really all we have to do is choose the one who chose us first, and that's Jesus. I liken it to this, joy is Jesus over you. And he's so much more than over us. He's within us. He goes before us. He's beside us. He surrounds us. But look at that. You begin to see how salvation is not just a thing to have. But salvation is who Christ is to behold, to see the Father God in his fullness. You know, what I find so amazing about salvation is delighting in the Lord. It's where our place is in Christ. Like that's where we start. Delighting in God is that moment where we get to see salvation for what it really is versus just this moment of saying yes to Jesus. This working out of what has been made complete in us. So what God has placed within us, we get to work that out. What he has finished in us to be made manifest on the outward, to see salvation with such incredible rejoicing. So if you want to do any manifestations, the only one that matters is the manifestation of Christ Jesus through your life. Any other manifestation is a counterfeit. It's a lie and it brings you further away from God. But the manifestation of Christ working that salvation out daily with fear and trembling, knowing that it is a power of God that gives us the ability to even obey. Like what? So salvation allows us, allows us to see Jesus from the beginning to the during and to the end. But not just with our own limited intellect and strength, even if you're one of the smartest people in the world. Your smartness doesn't come close to the power of God. So let's go to Romans 1.16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Well, why? For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Meaning this, it's for everyone who will say yes to it and who won't be ashamed of it. No one's left out, you guys. No one is left out. So let's just say, for instance, you have every reason to be ashamed because every time you tell someone about the gospel, they just keep rejecting you like you're a crazy person. But the thing is, is that you know that the gospel is so much more than a person rejecting it. It's about knowing that it's the power of God into salvation. To everyone who believes. You know, Galatians 6, 9 has a whole new meaning when you put these two together. Do not grow weary in doing well for in due season you will reap the harvest. So every time you are presenting the gospel to someone, even if to them they want nothing to do with it, the persistence of his love is 
your persistence isn't because you want to be persistent and because you can say you've been persistent and that you can pride yourself in being persistent. The persistence comes from knowing that the gospel is the power of God into salvation. That's why you can be persistent. Mm -mm -mm. For it is God who works in you, in me, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's what we get to work out of us. We work out that which he has placed within us, the completeness of who he is to now to be expressed through us for others to be reconciled to him. This is the life of transformation. This is what scripture does. We get to know the Savior who gives us salvation so that we can do the same for others. Now that right there, you guys, is mind-blowing. It's life-changing. It's beautiful. And then it reminds me of Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power at work within us. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do the things, but yet he's saying, no, 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 it's in you. And now you get to, God's going to be able to show you this abundant power of his life according to the power that works within you. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is, he's going to use the foolish thing of the world to confound the wise yet again to woo them to himself. Like what? You guys, this is exciting. You know, I hope that I'm conveying what I just so like, like when it get on the inside, like this is just, it gets to the place where you get so violent with joy that you just want to throw something, you know, it's like, ah, like what? This is the God who's like, it is not on you, Teresa, to do this. It is not on you to try to change your life. It is not on you to try to transform your life. It is on me. And now it's for you to trust that what I put in you, you just get to work it out of you. So every single time there's an opposition, you get to work out of you what I've placed within you. Not to say, oh my God, the enemy is after me again. Well, he just might be after you, but that's not the narrative. The narrative is this, oh, wow, I get to work out of me in this moment what God has placed within me, his completeness of his power, of his love, of his joy, of his mercy in this situation where I don't want to forgive, but yet his forgiveness that is within me gets to be worked out of me through that situation that is at hand where forgiveness is saying, will you give for them? Will you follow Jesus even under the cross when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. When Jesus said to follow him, it wasn't just, oh, follow me here, but you don't have to over here. Follow me over here, but you don't have to over here. He was saying, follow me for I am the example that you get to follow, that you get to stay in knowing that the gospel of the kingdom of God will be seen on the earth as it is in heaven. Will you join forces with me?
Like what? That is just so amazing. So going back to that word salvation, what does that mean to you now? I believe for me, and maybe you're getting this with me, is that salvation is much more of what we see it doing as much as it revealing who God is, that God is our salvation. Salvation reveals the person with a capital P. So from what does salvation do? I pray you now see how much more than what it does. You see the person, Jesus, who is salvation. That's why we call him Savior. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and he is the only perfect lens to how we can see the Father. Not from the perspective of our frailties or depravity, but from the place of highest honor, and that is God's holiness. It is his wholeness to our brokenness. It is not us priding in our brokenness. It is us priding in his wholeness that says this is nothing. This brokenness is nothing in comparison to my wholeness. To my peace of who I am. I don't just give you peace. I give you the person who is peace and his name is Jesus and he is the Prince of Peace. Like, I believe he really wants us to get this. But he doesn't just provide. He provides himself in every manner of living. Delighting in him who is our salvation is what this is all about. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Isaiah 12, 2. Wow. He is the God of salvation. So now when you read that very well-known Psalm, Psalm 91, read it as though you're getting to know God even more salvation. For his arm is not too short. So let's with great delight show the truth. In that, in our own lives, in Jesus' name. Well, before we go any further and before I close this out, I just I just hope that this resonated with you today. And if it did, would you send me a direct message on Instagram or comment here below or send me an email at letstalktv74 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sharing on your social media on your Instagram, and make sure you subscribe and share. Now listen, I just want you to remember this, that we get to see now in Christ with heavenly wit, seeing mission fields in the midst of the battlefield. So until next week, continue on the daily to respond to God's love so you're kind to yourself and to others. No matter what, go and shine. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann. We hope that you were empowered and encouraged by the insights and perspectives shared on this program. Remember, living in Christ transforms us into His likeness and enables us to live an abundant life with heavenly wit. 
With Teresa and we have learned to see mission fields in the midst of battlefields. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 11.30 for another edition of Triumphant Victorious Reminders with Teresa Ann. Until then, keep seeking Christ, who is the true perspective, and may his blessings be upon you always.